Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Money Talk Radio, brought to you by ProServe Public Relations. Our show covers financial news and information and topics that matter to our listeners. Money Talk Radio airs live on Thursdays with variable show times in the afternoons, usually around 6 o'clock Central. If you would like to find more about Money Talk Radio, you can certainly visit our Facebook page. You can search the search tab for Money Talk Radio. Click the Like button, and you can uh, receive all of our information about upcoming shows, as well as search and find some of our uh, guests that we've had on to date. Uh, you will also see some advertising feeds for weekly shows on the Law Talk Radio. If you click around, uh, you can also go to our website for more information, proservepr.com. Um, today's show is Plan or Be Planned with business builder Ellen Rohr. When her husband's business partner died unexpectedly, Ellen learned quickly how to be a business builder. Ellen learned how to address cash flow and business issues. She went on to launch a venture capital and consulting company. She started Bare Bones Biz, a venture capital and consulting company in 1995 to help folks of all ages turn big ideas into successful businesses. As president of Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber, a home service company, she helped the company grow from zero to 40 million in franchise sales with 47 locations in, get this, less than two years. Ellen's the author of four books, including The Weekend Biz Plan and Where Did the Money Go? Accounting Basics for Business Owners Who Want to Get More Profitable. She's also a columnist for PHC News, Business Journals, and lots of trade magazines, providing in-the-trenches insight that business owners can relate to. Now, we do welcome our show to callers this evening. If you would like to, please dial 917-889-9732, and you can press option 1 to be placed in our caller queue if you have a question or comment. Again, that telephone number is 917-889-9732, option 1. Now, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on our show does not constitute professional advice. Communication with professionals on our show does not give rise to uh, professional client relationships. Also, ProServe Public Relations does not necessarily endorse all of the opinions expressed by our guests. Finally, all callers are confidential and rights to the broadcast are reserved. We want to let you know about upcoming events. If you have an upcoming event you'd like to promote, now this event, by the way, can be a live event or a webinar or teleseminar, uh, any type of event. You can let us know because beginning this month in January 2012, we are selling episode sponsorships, and you can take advantage of this opportunity to support our programming and create awareness about your organization and events because we put your name and messages on our advertising material and announce your events during the show. This afternoon, I have an event to tell you about. So I guess I'm the sponsor. Um, and <laughs> also ProServe uh, PR. What we do here is we're a full-service business development PR marketing firm focused on law, finance, and small business success. We offer consulting and service in content development, event management, and media relations. Again, the website for more information and uh, our Twitter feed is uh, right there in the front so you can see all of our wonderful chatter. Uh, it's ProServePR.com, which is P-R-O-S-E-R-V. Now, for subject matter, some of the things that we're going to talk about in uh, our show tonight, we're going to discuss um, creating a powerful business plan. Now, you really don't have to have a business plan, and some people start without, but I think after listening to this show, you'll want to sit down and carve one out. Uh, we'll talk about how building your starter business plan, you can do so in 48 hours over a weekend. Um, also, figuring how your idea is going to be a, a moneymaker or a debt creator. I know so many people, especially uh, young lawyers starting firms who borrow loads of cash uh, and then sit and wait for clients. It's just not how it works, in my opinion. But um, we'll also talk about how to sell your family and friends on supporting a business because, again, supporting uh, creating businesses and launching and being a, a, a solopreneur for, from the start does affect everybody in your life. If you don't think so, uh, you'll think so after this show. Um, and also how to start a business and have your boss pay you to do so. Now, that's I'm not sure what we're going to talk about there, but that sounds really interesting. So, um, anyhow, without further ado, I welcome Ellen Rohr. Hey! Hi, Nick. So glad to have you on the show today. I am so happy to be here. My dad's name is Nick. I, I, I'm really fond of that name, and I know your dad has had a big influence on your life, too. So I'm happy to be here, and uh, let's, um, let's get Go Go going to help people make more money. You know what I was interested in as you, you shared that opener is that 
lawyers start out and don't have a clue about business? Do they teach lawyers about how to run a successful business when you go to law school? You know, they don't, but they do now because I'm there. <laughs> I'm on the, okay, alum- that's a good answer. It is, it is. I, um, I approach, I'm a, I've always been an active alumni, but I'm a classic joiner of things. And uh, I, I'm on my alumni board for my law school here in Chicago, and I've been talking to people about how they can uh, go solo because so many young lawyers are graduating these days and they don't have jobs. And we want people to really have the confidence to do it right, but also have the flexibility to make decisions so they can really grow their career in the best way. So I've been speaking at the law school with other people and uh, really promoting um, this practice management concept in, in law and other professions because, um, as, we, uh, you know, as we'll see, that every, the, the, things have changed. The landscape has changed, and um, really all this technology has leveled the playing field. Um, so it's a good thing. Now, I cannot wait to hear your story, which is going to sound tragic at first, but what a what a nice uh, and interesting uh, background you have. Well, you know, I, I'm getting old enough to know that sometimes from the, the worst things, some really amazing things can happen, and that certainly is the case with the, the tragedy that befell my my husband and um, and me once upon a time as, as we were uh, getting started in our business careers. I started um, working... Nick, when I was like 14 years old, my first job was handing out cheese samples in the mall, and I was hooked on making money from minute one. You know, I guess that's a a classic sign of being an entrepreneur, but I really liked the concept that I could um, do something that I enjoyed and get paid for it. And I've had about 50 jobs. I've done all sorts of interesting things across the the United States, and if I was interested in in, um, learning something like how to ski, I became a ski instructor and a ski patroller, and out of sale, I became a windsurfer instructor, and I worked at a marina. You know, I've done lots of things that um, gave me a real broad perspective about business, and I then went to business school as, as a young adult. I spent a lot of my dad's money on a private uh, college education. I graduated the top student in my my class at University of San Diego, which is known for lawyers and business, you know, degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I knew something. It, you know, as I as I got older, I got married. I married a plumber. I thought that was a, a selling feature of my my husband because, you know, I thought plumbers made a lot of money. And uh, uh, my husband's name is Hot Rod. I think uh, I, I'm going to have to address that, too. He was a, a wild kid and used to be a stunt car driver, but he was a plumber by trade. So as you get married and, and as you have kids, you tend to, send, tend to take things a little more seriously, you have to plan ahead a little bit more, be responsible for someone other than yourself. I'm married, I have a child, and uh, I start to craft a career, and my career is in the restaurant business. I've worked every position in the restaurant business. I'm now a restaurant manager working for a really aggressive, progressive restaurant chain, and uh, life is very, very good. My husband, the plumber, has his own business with his best friend, a fellow named Jocks. Okay, so that's the that sets the stage for what happens next. It really turned everything on its ear. My husband's partner, they were best friends growing up, friends from eight years old. Uh, they'd been together almost nonstop their, their whole lives. They kept finding each other, and they finally started this little business together. But one day, um, Yox, who was a worrier, you know, um, uh, came up to me after a particularly hard week, a particularly rough day, and he said to me, I hate my job. I hate this business. I hate Hot Rod and you and the guys we work for and the, the guys who work for us. I, I've just had it. If I don't do it myself, it'll never get done. Those were the last words that Yock said to me. He didn't feel well. The next day he went to the hospital, and the next day he died. At age 33, he worked himself into a health crisis, and he punched out. And it was just devastating for my husband, you know, his best buddy, for all of us. So after, you know, the, the, the initial grief had subsided, my husband said to me, listen, I, you know, I love turning wrenches. I love being a plumber, but I have no interest in the business business. Um, Yox always did that, so I'm going to go get a job. And this is when I do something really stupid. I said to my husband, oh, no, no, I'm going to quit my real job, and I'm going to come work for you. And you turn wrenches, and I'll count the money because I have all this experience and I have all this education. 
the plan sounded perfect. I thought he was going to turn wrenches, I'd count money, and we'd get rich. And it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Now we don't have my salary and benefits and, you know, paid vacation and all these other groovy things. We're both trying to subsist on this company that is making, well, it's, it, we're going into debt year after year after year. And, like, right away I was completely humbled. I had no idea how to fix this business in spite of all my education and experience. Lay low, Nick, big time. So I found a mentor. And, you know, if, if you're taking notes today, this is one thing you've got to know. Nobody becomes successful without help. It just does not happen. Somebody grabs you by the ear and, or, you know, you use a feather or a brick, but you're going to find relationships in your life if you're lucky and you're going to find a mentor like I found. And I found this guy because he wrote a column in a plumbing magazine. Now, I'm sure for every industry, for the, the, the legal industry, for accounting, for finance, for butcher, baker, candlestick making, there is a trade magazine that is like a, a linchpin of that community, right? So uh, very often smart people in that industry will write uh, columns, and that's what happened. This guy, a crusty uh, plumbing contractor from Milwaukee, not too far from Chicago, he wrote a column about how much contractors should charge. Now, this is back in 1989. I read this article. My husband brought home the magazine and said, read this. I, I read the, the, the magazine and I followed the math. But i got to tell you, I felt sick to my stomach because what this guy is suggesting in this magazine is that my selling prices were way too low. And so I was pretty sure he was making a mistake. And I wrote him a letter and told him that. I said, I think that's not going to work. You don't understand my cheap customers. You don't understand how tough times are. Blah, 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 wine, wine, wine. I would deny the existence of this letter, Nick, except for Frank published a book and used my letter as an example of how dumb contractors can be. Is that terrible? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is, you know, it's, it's a gift when things yeah. like that ha It's a gift in disguise. Um, exactly I, right. I think I probably exactly have right. a similar story with someone I said, excuse me, who are you, t you know, but okay, yeah. so, and then what happened? Well, you know, he was, he was, uh, um, he hit me with a brick, you know, like I said, sometimes a feather will, will get you turned around and sometimes you need a brick to really get your attention. No one had ever talked to me like that. No one, uh, you know, he called me up after I wrote, wrote this letter and he said, honey, shut the thing down. He didn't even, like, introduce – he told me, you have your head so far up your – and then he described where my head was, and it was a dark place. This is like – he called me up after I wrote him this letter, and he just started laying into me. That, that's my first introduction, you know, uh, in person or on the phone, rather, with my <laughs> beloved mentor, Frank. He laughs every time I tell this story. I still talk to him, like, every couple of weeks. He's about 120 years old now, and uh, I just love him so much. He's the wisest guy I know. So um, anyway, I, I was really uh, upset. I was going to use another expression, but I'm trying to keep it nice <laughs> for, for your listeners today. Okay, so I was a little upset as uh, he um, laid into me like this. I got off the phone, you know, once I calmed down, I thought, you know what, i got to call this guy back. The next day I called him up, proverbial hat in hand, and said, will you please teach me because I have no idea what I'm doing. We're going into debt every month, and I can't do this anymore. So um, long story short, he taught me how to keep score, how to keep track of the money. He taught me how to come up with a selling price based on my cost of doing business, regardless of what other people in my market area were charging. He taught me how to make money. And here's, here's another thing worth writing down. If you charge more than it costs, you create money out of nothing. Profits are manufactured money. And when you really get that, you're going to get the freedom that is inherent in a business of your own, that you can make your own money. You can manufacture money. And if you take that money in cash, take it now, you will fix every financial trouble that you have. Now, there's you, you were talking on, you know, before we got on the phone, Nick, that, there's smarter guys out there than I am. 
when it comes to uh, investors and financial wizards, etc. But here's what I know like I know, that one of the opportunities that you have is to bank on yourself and figure out a way that you can go to market and control your destiny so that you determine what gifts you have to share. Maybe it's a product, maybe it's a service, maybe it's information or education. What do you have to share that you could sell and that people would be willing to pay you for in excess of what it would cost you to deliver it? And if this sounds appealing to you, my friend, you are an entrepreneur and you can learn what you need to know to be successful. I think the issue becomes that I kind of assumed I should know because I went to school and I had all this experience, but the reality was I didn't, and the evidence was my financial situation. I was in debt, you know. So that's kind of my story. We, we turned our company around. We, um, so this, is, this brings us to today's topic. We turn our company around, and money buys options. When you get out of debt, when you start to stockpile some wealth, it's like if you're a doctor and you get the patient jump-started again. You stop the bleeding. You start, start them breathing again. So now at least the patient is alive. That's, that's really what fixing the financial piece of your business is all about. Let's at least not die on the table. So as we turn our company around, I turned to my husband and I said, okay, now what? What do you want this company to be? What do you want to have? What do you want to do? Those are business planning questions. I didn't call it business planning at the time because I didn't quite get that concept. But when I asked him those questions, Hot Rod said to me, you know, I like working all by myself. And I was thinking, that's weird because I am getting the hang of this and I want, to, I want minions. I want, you know, <laughs> hundreds of trucks. Like we just had totally different ideas about what this business should be. Now, if this sounds familiar, if you work with a, a family member, you know, 80 to 90% of all businesses are family businesses, these are good questions to ask because if you're not on the same page, you're going to create a life of hell. Job one in many cases is to at least stop the bleeding when it comes to the financial situation. And as you, you know, uh, uh, catch your breath, the next, suggestion I would make is to put a business plan together, to ask the journalistic questions, why, what, how, how much, by when, for whom, by whom. Those are business planning questions. Hey, can I jump in there? Oh, please, yes. I also like the what's in it for me and who cares. I'm telling oh. you. It was from journalism. My dip, my father's a journalist, and when I switched uh -huh. from law to uh, journalism and media, um, you know, I, I remembered being in college, and you know, my father would take. I went to, um, you know, Marquette University was a writing intensive school, and I we had page requirements and papers for every class, and he used to take my papers and chop them down into from you know twelve pages down to three. And um, and today, one of my favorite lines is, if I had, you know, if I would have had more time, I would have said less. Uh, but I, I always ask these questions: What's in it for me, and why should people care what I'm talking about? And I think that so much of, and just to um, step onto something that you uh, were uh, talking about before, so much of this, I think, is a confidence game. And like you, I. When I switched and uh, you know changed career directions after spending time in Southern California in the entertainment industry, um, you know I it was really the thing that the, when I really didn't take off until I was just confident that even though you know, because lawyers we go to law school to learn specific things and we're trained in specific areas and to switch you know how I'm thinking to myself who am I to you know take family law and litigation and then shift gears and then go into a public, you know, publicity and PR when there are people with, you know, I have a communications and journalism degree from a good school, but I don't have a master's in it. It wasn't my end goal. And uh, I mm -hmm. thought, you know, who am I? How can I just do this? But I just said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And, um, you know, and learned and learned from some of the best people and hitched my wagon. And then there was a point, though, that I had to say, all right, Nick, 
stop. You know, you get in in MBA school, and I I didn't go to MBA school, but there's this Delphi mode study people have told me about where uh, you you keep testing your theories, and you know, what are you you trying to figure out if um, you know what your plan is and and what you're doing, and at some point you just have to you know realize that you know what you're doing and just move forward. And everyone has different thoughts. I'm going to pause quickly and uh, tell our listening audience about an an event coming up, and then we're going to um, swing back here. Um, Okay. So <laughs> this is such a great conversation. I love it. Um, the first thing that I, I want to tell you about this event, um, actually it's a series of events. Jim Thompson, who has been on our program several times, he and I are presenting the Get More Clients and Grow Your Practice series. We uh, had a phone call today and decided instead of doing this as a, a paid educational webinar series, we're going to throw a caution of the wind and we're just going to give it away for free uh, for the first few months. And we're just going to do it as conference calls and we figure we can help more people that way. So I'll be sending out anyone who's listening who is uh, in my communication uh, channels is going to uh, see information about conference calls. So it's going to be the same thing uh, that Jim and I uh, have been doing with the law students in really teaching people how to do their own PR and marketing because I know so many people want to do a lot of this themselves. And I submit that if you have the time, you can do a lot of this yourself. Uh, or, you know, certainly we're hoping that some people say, okay, this is all sounds good, and uh, but we're too busy practicing law, so let's uh, hire Nick and Jim and, and their team to take the reins and do it for us. Um, of course, uh, that's the end goal, but we want to certainly teach more people, so you'll find out more information from me coming up soon. I'll put it on ProServePR.com. Uh, I'm sure you won't have to look too far to find information. So, Anyways, back to our program with Ellen. We talked a little bit about, uh, in the beginning of the show, how Ellen left a successful career with stability and went to help her husband after his business partner unexpectedly died at age 33 and this how scary it really can be but it sounds like Ellen really has figured something out and this uh creating a business plan uh sounds like something that's such a good idea well you know something you just said I want to underline when you made that um uh mention of like who do you think you are that you had that self doubt that, you know, who am I to uh, honor and recognize what I really want to do in light of the money I've spent on my education or the expectations that other people have of me? And you're going to run into that from other people, too. Like, if you decide to really elevate your position in your industry, other people in your industry may take a lot, uh, may identify with the fact that this is a poverty-based industry. Well, you know, uh, you're a teacher. You're not supposed to make any money. You're a, you're uh, a plumber. You know, you're supposed to work your fingers to the bone until your back breaks. Other people are going to try and drag you down too. So, who are you to dream so big? Who are you to think you could be a success doing that? Those voices will sink you and. If you don't hear them from other people, you may have those tapes playing in your own head. And I think that business planning is a way to start recognizing those self-sabotaging thoughts or those thoughts that are creeping in from other people, often family members, and help you encourage the discipline, help you create the discipline required to honor and recognize what you really, really want. And I am all about living that kind of life, even if you make a mistake, even yeah. if you have to go back to the the drawing board. So um, I love I love the way you've described your story. It's very inspiring. Well, and the dovetail on what you just said here's um here's another example. When social media, the thing that really pro- propelled me into PR was I, I was addicted from the get go. Um, I took a LinkedIn course in 2008 and saw the future and. Back in 2009, I was overposting on my walls, and a lot of people had uh, Facebook profiles, but they weren't really doing anything with them. So I actually, at a, at a, a young lawyer's event out in the suburbs, uh, one of my friends who went to law school pulled me aside and said, Nick, some people are talking about unfriending you on Facebook. It's too much. It's you know too much information, and you know it's getting annoying and all this. And I about almost ran out of the room. And um, you know it's <laughs> and I but then you know you realize I realized at one point that 
there are going to be people who are going to be na- na- you know haters and naysayers and you know maybe the guy is just jealous because I was loving my job and doing you know loving what I did instead of maybe he didn't love his job who knows but uh, mm-hmm. you know you learn from mistakes and you know what there are meanwhile there may be out of all the people uh, you know I have a couple thousand people on my Facebook um, but out of all of them maybe five percent of them say you know it's too much I wish I could get rid of them fine get rid of me because you know what there are other people out there who are inspired by the things I'm sharing. And just yesterday, I talked to um, a guy, a lawyer I used to do some work for about 10 years ago, and he had a business opportunity with something with a credit card venture. I'm going to go out to Downers Grove and meet with him uh, next week. And, um, you know, he had mentioned that he knows who my clients are. He knows what I'm doing with finance. He knows exactly what I'm doing because he sees it. And we don't Uh always realize that people out there know what we're up to. They know what we're doing. And, you know, but it's we don't always have the two-way communication. We don't always know that they're like, hey, you're out there making it, and they're proud of you. So and entrepreneurs, sometimes when you're working by yourself, you're your worst enemy in your own head, and you just have to kick that. I hear you. I hear you. And um, I, love, uh, I love what you said about proving it out. Now, you mentioned like an MBA course that talks about proving something out. When, when I went to work with um, um, Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber, you know, once we sold our company, hot rod, this was interesting. We sold our company, and we sold it to our employees, which was a huge win and an, uh, an amazing, uh, like, MBA-esque course in itself, just the effect it had on, on all of us and the, the, the wins all around for us. It was really, really cool and also colored my philosophy about business. If you don't create a great game for your team, what's in it for them, Right. They're not gonna. They're not gonna follow you. They're not. You're not gonna create any kind of culture, and employee opportunity is really where it's at for me as I grow a business. But the other thing that um, these, uh, the other opportunity I had then is when Hot Rod, Hot Rod started his own business, one man shop, and rocked it, rocked it. You know, whatever vision you have, there's no right or wrong to it, but it has to be aligned with the people in the business. And if you're in a family business and you're not buying what the guy at the top of the org chart is selling, you either get lined up or you get gone and go do your own thing. You're, you, you don't, you're not stuck here, right? So as Hara and I split up our businesses, I think that's what actually allowed us to stay married because we get along much better now that we don't work together, but we have different ideas. He wanted to have his own shop, kind of like he's the West Coast chopper of uh, solar and hydronic heating systems, right? Get in line. If you want mm-hmm. me to work for you, get in line, was his right. mission statement. And there are people for whom that message resonates, with whom that message resonates, right? Yep. And I was thinking, I wonder now, if I have the chops to grow a really big company, that was an itch that I wanted to scratch. And so as we split up and decided to pursue our own dreams, we both were so much more successful and happier. So I set out my shingle to start helping other mom and pop shops, mostly plumbing and heating contractors, because that was the world I was in. And I had a lot of success and a lot of fun, but I had this um, question, would this work on a bigger, uh, a bigger stage? So I did a seminar once like you're doing, and I got offered a position from uh, a group of venture capitalists, and they said, okay, we think you might have the chops to do what we need done. We're going to create the world's largest home service plumbing company, and we want you to be president. And I just didn't even bat an eye. Yes, I can. I just I knew that that um, uh, opportunity was going to make something of me. I went to the store and bought the book Franchising for Dummies. I had no idea <laughs> what I was doing. You're about but, as you nuts know, as I, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. It's like I feel like I'm listening to myself. I'm like thinking she's as nuts as I am. This is great. Yeah, it was exactly it. And what I there's a quote that I love and it was from Jarvis, the guy who created the Dr. Jarvis, the guy who created the artificial heart and his quote is leaders are visionaries with no idea of the odds against them. Yep. And that's that's how I, I am not the smartest girl in the room and I think that's why I sometimes will plow ahead and keep things really simple because I'm not capable of moving nine moves, chess moves in my head at one time. Mm-hmm. I just don't have that kind of capacity. So anyway, as I went to work for these venture capitalists, these guys were mega, are mega wealthy, mega wealthy. Their previous venture had netted them $30 million apiece when they had taken a company public after four years. 
and they wanted to do it again. Their intention was to build and flip a company to make massive wealth for its shareholders. Very clear on the vision. That is something that is consistent with the most successful business people. They know what they want. So gaining clarity is a tip that I want you to take to the bank from our, our uh, talk today. They know what they want. Get clear on what you want. Gaining what clarity they was, and knowing what they want. I'm writing that down. Want. And then that intention that we're going to go over, under, around, or through any obstacle, but we are clear on what we want to create with this business. Are you hey. that clear? And if you're not, spend time thinking about it. Hey, whatever, um Whatever it takes, these guys, that, that is their uh, the characteristic that I find is common to all the successful business owners I know, associate with, and study. So um, they set out to start this business. And they have tons of money, and they start a business with $4,000, $2,000 a piece is what they started the company that they uh, approached me with. They figure if an idea is good, they'll be able to sell it for more than it costs to deliver on the promise, and they can create their own venture capital. That's how they work. They don't, they don't plow money into a venture. They make it prove out right away by selling something to somebody. That is wicked good advice. Before, you know, you said, so what, who cares, right? Who cares? If you can find that somebody cares, that's your market research. Sell something. And when I recommend you put a business plan together, my intention is that if you spend the weekend doing it on Monday, sell something to somebody. Prove it out. See how fast you can take the thing to market and get some evidence that it's wanted and needed, wanted mm -hmm. and or needed. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay, so these guys, um, they taught me a lot about business planning. This is where I got formal about business planning because they said, okay, we're going to fund this thing, and we've got a little bit of leeway because we've created some money. They they put some money in. They sold some memberships to uh, uh, like a trade association that they were starting, and then they were going to fund this franchise from the proceeds that they'd created. Now they said, okay, we have a little bit of wherewithal that we're going to um, uh, earmark for your business. But keep in mind, if you think that a venture capitalist is going to come and just give you a million dollars to put in your checking account, it does not work that way. They will fund it as needed and according to plan. That is going to be good overall advice if you want to approach a venture capitalist. So what they did is they asked me to put together a business plan, and I gave it to them, and they gave it back to me hard bound. They went and had it bound to demonstrate as a metaphor for how serious they were about using it. Isn't mm. that amazing? You that is. That? Yeah, that's a, it's, um, well, you know what, one thing that I always say is perception is reality, and mm -hmm. it, when it's perceived as the best thing, if you don't believe, I mean, if you don't believe that it's the best business plan, who else, who else is going to? And it's not to say that you're going to do it exactly like that. It was more the metaphor of it, that this is what you said you do, so let's prove this out. And if, you know, we're clear on where we want to go, and if the tactics that you've presented or laid out in your business plan don't move you in that direction, they don't prove out, then you adjust the tactics. But you, you can go left and, and straight, you can go right and straight, and you can still get to the same endpoint. There are endless ways to get done what you want to get done if you're really clear on the overall game, on the overall intention, the purpose of this business. So it, that's it's, where I it's, started. Let's pa I'm going to pause for a break quick. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and because, especially because the, the sentence you just said, be clear on what the what the business plan is, and that translates to the uh, the series that Jim Thompson and I are doing. And again, I want to tell the lawyers out the lawyers out there listening. Just it's it's really. Uh, I know that some of this sounds like it's coming from another planet when we talk about media and journalism and media relations and how to get things published and what to do and what to say and how to write. And I know a lot of lawyers, I mean, we are taught how to do things specifically. We are taught not to move out of the box unless we have the skill set. And it's really scary to jump out of there, but a lot of people can do it on their own. And I know that there are a lot of associates out there. Partners, if you're listening, you got young associates who are looking for work to do. Put them to work doing some PR and marketing. You know, of course, you know, you can outsource this work. 
work to firms like ours, but also you can do a lot of it yourself. And I would rather empower the rest of the world to be good self-promoters and get their niche out there because everyone is so special in their particular practice area. Everyone's got a unique brand. And what I'm going to tell people and teach them is how to unlock your brand and figure out what makes you tick. So that is our series. Um, And so uh, I just wanted to um, shoot that out there. So, Ellen, back to what you were saying. I love, love, love it. Thanks <laughs> of you to share the good information and and that idea. Um, you know, I'm, the word I'm getting really comfortable with anymore is paradox. A paradox, as I understand this word, is when two things that seem to be contradictory are indeed both true. That's a paradox. So for something to be at once flexible and yet rock solid, that's what a business plan is. It is flexible, but it is it's solid in its intention and flexible in its tactical nature. So the idea of putting a plan together is all about two things. One is gaining clarity. What do I want? Why? Why should this business exist? Answering those journalist questions enough that you get inspired. So to gain clarity on what you want is the number one purpose of a business plan and then the second purpose as important is what inspired aligned action could I engage in, will I commit to, that's going to take me in the general direction of those of that intention. That's what business planning is. Clarity and aligned action. Isn't this easy? It is. It is. I don't know why more people aren't entrepreneurs. Really, it's all. It's this is a lot of this is intestinal fortitude. Um, Doctor mm-hmm. Leah Jack. I mean, it's true. Uh, Doctor Leah Jackman's been on our show several times. She's a psychologist who specializes in career counseling for lawyers, and it's her book is the Confidence Game, and it's really true because you have so many people. I mean, my my family. I'm going to pick on my family for a second. They all work for big corporations. My dad works for a, a media conglomerate. You know, with forty bazillion stations all over the place. My younger brother works for Shaw. They're huge. My other brother works uh-huh. for De- DeVry, you know, um, and everyone is a company man, and I am the one, and they're always worried about me. They're like, <laughs> why do you think you can just do that, Nick? You know, I said, because I can, and no one's going to stop me, and if anyone says, I don't like it, like, eh, next. Um, and really, this is, you know, this is, and I like it, gain clarity plus aligned action, and we just have to Trust. If you trust and have faith in yourself, I think it works. And if you test it, if you know, this is where when I put a business plan together, um, I, I, uh, I um, let, let me describe the the words I use to put a business plan together. I suggest you get a binder. You can use an iPad. You can use your computer. You can do this all digitally. But there's something to be said for a good old fashioned three ring binder, mm. because what we're going to do is move our thoughts to reality by writing them down. We've already been engaged in the creative process. Now, a business has many moving parts. It's an engineering problem. There are a lot of variables. So to get your arms around a business plan, I suggest you divide that business plan up into the different areas of business. I call the different areas of business setting site, building the team, making money, getting it sold, getting it done, and making sure. Those six areas of the business, setting site, building the team, making money, getting it sold, getting it done, and making sure. Now, you could call them the executive section of your business, the financial uh, section of your business, sales section. I just use my lingo because that's what people like me do. They just create their own little language for stuff. But it doesn't matter. It's like a Chevy or a Ford. You can figure it out. All different business planning models have the same basic elements because business has the same basic elements. So, or ingredients, I guess, divisions. So if you divide that binder up with those tabs, spend a weekend. You could take longer. You could take six months. You could take six weeks. You could take a year to put a business plan together. And, you know, really, it's never done. But I I like the idea of challenge yourself to, to put a business plan together in a weekend. In a weekend, just farm out the old kids, the old folks and the kids if you're responsible for people. You know, take your phone and and leave it in the trunk of your car. Just be uninterruptible for a weekend. Friday night through Sunday afternoon, fill out the different sections of that binder and ask those big questions. 
know, what is this company going to do? Those, that's where your goals are going to come from. Why should this company exist? That's where your mission statement is going to come from. Who do I need to help me do this? You can create an org chart and a board of advisors or a, a proposed board of advisors, you know, people you're going to approach about being of service to you as you grow this thing. How much money are you going to need? How much are you going to have to charge? Put a little budget together. You know, some of this work, like you said about the confidence, it takes discipline, but the results can be instant and rewarding. It's like I know business planning may be uh, falling on your ears like the same, it might be having the same effect as if I say, you know, you should diet and exercise. Like, you know you should, but why don't we? Well, to get the benefits of it, you have to apply some discipline and just just do it because with diet and exercise, with eating well and, and, and moving your body, you're going to feel better and then that becomes pretty addictive. And the same with business. If you were to plan a business and then engage the action and make something happen, it is pretty addictive. Would you agree, Nick? It is uh, well, yeah. I think addictive is um, certainly a good word. That's well, you know, a good thing came up uh, the other day. Um, yeah. <laughs> Someone uh, said to me, "Don't you ever have fun? Like, why don't you stop?" And work is fun for me. I enjoy uh-huh. it. Sometimes I need to. There are believe, believe me, I play hooky. I'm going to L.A. Uh, a couple weeks from now to go to see Portlandia, the live show. But and I'm and I'm oh, making. Good. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I love. I lived in Seattle for a little bit of time, and um, the Pacific Northwest is so quirky. And I love the independent film channel. Uh-huh. Portlandia is a funny, funny show. And uh, I'm seeing my. Um, I'm mean, give plug to credit damage expert George Finder in Fullerton. I'm going to stop by in Orange County, and uh, my friend Andrew lives out in Orange County, so I'll be in the OC, and I'm going to see um, my client, George, because he is now uh, very ramped up on social media. This guy can put a dollar amount to credit damage and is just a tremendous uh, individual and was on our radio show a bunch of times uh, last year. Um, but it's really, it's not, and so people tease me all the time. They're like, stop working. Why are you working? But it's not work. It's fun. I enjoy what I do. I love my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I do too. And let me talk about too. Can I pick on your family a little bit? Pick on us. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I have a, a big family too. Go for it. <laughs> but you know, the least secure position is a job. No matter how cool and hip your company is, the day may come where your boss gets fired and the whole division goes with him. Yep. And so, uh, you know, a job is never a sure thing. There are no sure things in life. And as you're listening, you know, you could put together a business that's super part-time. You could create a mutual fund out of your life, your, you know, develop multiple streams of income so that you have a little bit of diversity in how you're gathering your money. If you did lose your job or if you did decide to launch your own business full-time, you don't have to do that right away. You could create a super part-time business. You could dabble in some real estate or day trading. But here's the thing. All those things are business. Multi-level marketing can be a great way to add another stream of income to your business. But no matter what model of business you choose, a business plan is pausing long enough to decide what do I want and how am I going to get there. The title of today's show is Plan or Be Planned For. Without a plan, you're going to be at the effect of someone with a better plan. And I think lawyers demonstrate this all the time, at least in the movies I watch. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like The Good Wife, that, that show. You know, you've got the groovy courtroom scenes and stuff. But you also see those negotiating tables when they bring the client in and they're, they're sitting around the table. It is really clear to me that in the legal world, the person who is prepared, who has a plan, who knows what they want is at a significant advantage in the negotiating process. Am I yeah, right? The person, the per, I'll tell you who wins. The, per, the, the law firm that wins is not the big – now, sometimes, yes, the judge may have favor with someone, but the, the lawyer who wins is the lawyer that does their work and reads uh-huh. the cases and knows what's going on. I mean, they taught us this stuff in law school. I remember Westlaw came in and did a whole dog and pony show on researching and finding that killer case that really kicks the other one's butt. But I'll tell you what, um, the lawyers I know who are successful really understand the issues. They understand the client, and they do more than a smoke and mirrors. I mean, the smoke and mirrors and the – the dance, um, you know, I, is uh, it, it can get you 
it gets you a win some of the time, but the people who are diligent and understand the issues and work hard are the ones who prevail. And it's not you, you don't have to be the smartest, you don't have to be from the fanciest firm. You can I know so mm-hmm. many solos who have gone toe to toe with big law firms. And I'm talking to big guys with like seven hundred lawyers and thousand bucks an hour and those these little solos out in the suburbs can run circles around them and they win. And knowing what you want, like if your client, if you work with your client to make, uh, to get clear on what a win would look like, you know, either a settlement or a judgment or, you know, one or the other, to get clear on what, if the ideal scene happened here, what would that look like, allows you to get to resolve, allows you to get the thing done. Because if your client is always changing their mind or isn't really sure, that's also another reason why it can go on and on and on and on and on. So this gaining clarity about what you want is the is a position of power to come from. And as a business owner, you set the site uh, you, you during the setting site section of your your business planning. You make clear what your goals are, and as you achieve them, well, then you get to pick another one. This is what's so fun to me about business is that that it is a game. I use sports analogies a lot as I teach my clients how to play because. It works. You know, I think that's one of the things that attracts us about sports is that there is um, an intention is to win the game, is to get more points than the other team or to win the Super Bowl. You know, that's the intention is to go all the way, to be the guy standing at the end of the contest. Forward progress. Forward progress. That's like football stuff. I love sports analogies. Absolute, abs- I use them all the time. Now, they don't work for people who don't follow sports, but for people who follow <laughs> sports, it's either, there's no end of metaphor that can be inspiring to you. And the idea that if you know where you are, if you know the score, this is the making money section, the, the financial section of your business plan. This is the magic that Frank brought to the picture. There's no BSing if you know the money. If you don't have any money, it's a good thing to know that. You always have options. You have more options with more money. But wherever you are, if you have a handle on the money, you can make decisions that um, will play out. And they'll either make you more money or make you less money, and that's a good indicator of whether or not you should do that again. I mean, it is really that simple. And if you're, you know, if you're way ahead of the game, if you're ahead by 60 points, you might take some more risks. You might put in the third-string quarterback. You might take a gamble on a new uh, business division. But if it's fourth and and ten and you're down by one, you're going to put in your best quarterback and you're going to make a solid play and you're going to try and get a score right then so that you can live to to play another day. I have a question. Oh, go for it. Question. And I'm going to break for our final uh, little plug about our, our, our thing. But my, yeah. my question is when when to go for it. I mean, when or when to – not when to go for it. When to um, when to change direction. Uh, I know okay. when people reevaluate. So that's my question uh, after the, our short little break here. Uh, okay. when, when you should reassess and when you should change direction and pull the plug. But first, I want people to grab a pen because I know you're taking notes because this is all such good information. And I want, to write, want you to write down the name of uh, Jim Thompson in our, um, our, our series. Again, we're going to do this either once a week or, or I'm sorry, either once a month or twice a month. It looks like we're going to start like twice a month on Wednesday evenings, but uh, the program is going to be called Get More Clients and Grow Your Practice. So again, it's Get More Clients and Grow Your Practice. So in case you uh, don't stumble upon our information through our media channels or through my constant contact. Uh, you know, so many people have a hard time not hearing uh, what I'm up to. So, you know, sorry if it's <laughs> too much for some people, but um, just, yeah, get more clients and grow your practice. You can also uh, give me a call anytime, 312-505-2604 and uh, ask how we can help you uh, get more clients and grow your practice. Now back to Ellen. Ellen, when Ooh. do we pull the plug and change direction? How? Because people always say this, branding and marketing takes time. I've been doing my social media bit here um, and preaching my uh, to, the, to my choirs for uh, a little bit five years, and it's taken some time. So many people say, oh, I tried this marketing, or I have clients who say, well, we've been doing this for six months, and I haven't seen a large uptick in clients yet. But you don't know those people have you know possibly love you and are just 
waiting for the right opportunity to have a case along or send you a referral. So um, it takes some time to do this, and people need to be patient. But, you know, how long is too long? What are some timing things that you uh, think from your advice and uh, experience? This is this is going to be really helpful to you. First off, know that a blue light doesn't start flashing when you make a good decision. You just don't get that kind of feedback. If what you do um, makes money today because you, you, you sold it, that's about as good as you're going to get in terms of proving out a, a business idea. But let, let's do this. If, if you think you might need to give your business a little more time to cook, I want you to pick a date on the calendar. Maybe it's six weeks from now, maybe it's six months from now, or maybe it's a whole year. And what you're going to do is you're going to put together a business plan. I suggest you take a weekend and do it. And you're going to work that plan between now and when that day comes up on the calendar. Okay? So if you say six months from now is going to be decide day, decision day, what I want you to do is commit to your business 100% every day until that day. What I see happen a lot is that an owner will keep second-guessing, one foot in, one foot out. One day he's, I'm going to shut this thing down. It's not working. The next day he's full steam ahead. Stop it. That is really energy-sucking. Put the date on the calendar and say this, the game is on. I'm going to play the whole game. That's six months from now. And I am not going to talk about whether or not this is a success or not a success. I'm going to work my plan. I'm going to meet with myself once a week, adjust the plan, adjust the score. I'm going to make money every month in some way, shape, or form, even if I have to sell a different set of goods and services. I'm going to respond. I'm going to react. But I'm going to leave everything I got on the playing field. And when that day shows up on your calendar, then decide, am I in or am I out? And if you're in, put a day on the calendar for another piece of, of time. I think you need moments where you're going to assess, and I know what it feels like to be in one day, out one day. When my husband and I were working together and we were arguing all the time and there was no money, I was always quitting, always getting fired. It was ridiculous. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So the commitment to a point in time where then if that D-Day comes and you say, you know what, I might be 15 minutes from this thing becoming a wild success, but I don't want to do it anymore. I've given it everything i got. I'm going to create a different business. I'm going to go get a job. That's it. That's all the time, energy, and capital that I'm going to give to it. You can share that with your wife. You can share that with your parents, you know, that you're, you're going to need their support. You will make the decision on that day. But between then and now, don't talk to me about whether or not I'm, I'm in or out. I'm in. And that's going to save you a lot of uh, uh, heartache and grief. Mm-hmm. And when that day comes, you might say, you know what, I'm going to give this three more months. Or I'm going to give it a year and then do the same thing over again. But you've got to recommit and give yourself the freedom to say, uh-uh, not working, or, okay, I'm back in. Does there that was, help? That is, that is a very helpful thing. And I, I just to add on to that, I like the idea of setting the, setting short. I wrote a uh, thing about I like smart goals, and I think smarter goals are good. And I think that if we set realistic uh, levels to reach and realistic time periods, we can then you know, look and reassess at what we're doing and um, decide to continue. The only other thing I want to jump in and say is that there every when there are times in the beginning stages of every business where it seems that the panic sets in and you say, oh, no, I really screwed up. Oh, no, this uh-huh. is not going. What have I done? Oh, my goodness. And it's just one of those moments that the next day, something is going to pop and something great is going to happen. And, um, you know, I, you know, growing up, uh, I grew up, I, you know, Irish Catholic, there's all the guilt involved and everything else. Oh no, you know, why am I leaving like a study thing? And, but you know, the other thing, the, the things that inspire me is, um, you know, when I first picked up the laws of attraction and started learning about that and putting positive yes. energy out there in the world, I mean, people made fun of me. They're like, okay, Nick, whatever, like whatever your universe is. I'm like, no, seriously, the, 
universe is abundant, that money is easy to get. You just have to believe it. And when you believe that it's going to work and you believe in yourself, I'm, things come your way. I mean, it's um, it's interesting. I watch a lot of Science Channel and all these quantum theory things. My brother's a my brother Matt's a science geek and um, you know okay. posts all this uh, stuff on his Facebook all the time. And um, some people think it's hocus pocus and whatnot. But um, you know, I think uh, you know, I started to practice that, and I'm a firm believer. You really have to I, I so see it. I'm such yep. a firm believer in it. And 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 think of it this way too. We take this business business too seriously. Your business exists, Michael Gerber. If you haven't read the book, The E Myth, I highly recommend it. The E Myth Attorney is a good E Myth Attorney. The E Myth Attorney, that's yeah, right. Yeah. He's written what perfect. Yep. And his basic uh, philosophy is that your your business exists for one reason, and that's to help you achieve your life goals. So I like to think of my business like a car, in that I could fix it, I could drive it as is, I could get another car and a third car. I could sell the car. I could abandon the car, right? These, it's just a, a way to get you from point A to point B. But it's not you. So if you decide that this business, you know, you put the date on the calendar, you decide you don't want to do it again, do another one. When you get, you know, one of the things that's in the, the building the team section, I talk about getting some, some mentors and, and people who can kind of um, show you some ropes or, or give you a little heads up. They're not going to be perfect people, but you may be able to learn different things from different mentors. But the, um, uh, oh, what was the point I was going to make about the, the person? Oh, ask them. Ask them if they've, you know, if their curve, their learning curve is a straight line or if it goes up and down. And they're going to they're gonna scare the pants off you with some of the things that they've been through. The, the successful people, ask them how many of them have a bankruptcy, how many of them have had a failed business. The ones who are successful just do it again. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't all have to work out, and that doesn't make you a bad person or a loser. You just respond to it and say, "Okay." One thing I do suggest is, I prefer to make money every month. I don't like digging a hole. I don't believe that you're going to lose money the first three years you're in business. My question is always, why? What could you do to not do that? Could you sell something? Could you sell um, your services uh, as a consultant in addition to, um, you know, getting your practice up and running? What what else can you do until you start to cash flow in your primary uh, division? There is always something. Oh so yeah. I like to I like to sell stuff for more than it costs and and um, bootstrap. That's the essence of bootstrapping is starting with no capital. Well, and, and you know what? Um, I'll tell I'll tell you this. Um, and I don't really, you know, I'll just be completely humble here. Um, when I was starting my PR firm, I was doing, uh, you know, back-end legal research and writing and, you know, going and working for a fraction of what I was charging um, for my PR services because, I'm sorry, I had to pay rent. I need mm -hmm. to eat and I need to, you know, have that first client to come in, have the second client. Maybe someone can't mm -hmm. afford it. You lose a client. But, I mean, I tell lawyers, out there, start your practice, get a virtual office space, get something, you know, set yourself up, and then go, you know, sell shoes, you know, bartend or something. You've got to feed yourself and um, and fake it till you make it. This guy, Tom Kelly, is a great business coach here in Chicago, and he always says, you fake it. He was one of the first people, when I started getting into this and started doing networking events and um, and all this and uh, learning from business coaches, I didn't, you know, right out of law school, I'm like, what's a business coach? But this guy said, fake it till you, ma fake it, till you make it, you know? And it, and, yeah, and, it, and the law of attraction, to act as if, to resonate right. at the energy level of that which you aspire to be. So to stand up taller, to, you know, if, you, if you've got a tie and it's not an expensive tie, make sure it's tied really nicely. Act as if. You are the person that you aspire to become, and that's yep. what radiates the confidence and the energy that's going to allow uh, a client to say, yes, I yeah. know you're more expensive, but, uh, you know, I think you're going to be worth it. Well, you know, and perception is reality, and... Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are times that um, I've, I mean, when I was first getting going, I had, you know, I had bills that I had to pay and I, as someone I owed money to um, for website help. And, you know, the comment was, well, Nick, you're 
going on doing all this stuff. It looks like you're really making it. And I'm like, I don't have a dime, you know. But it's um but the perception was that I was successful and, you know, that was several years ago and I still and I keep setting the bar higher and higher and higher. You know, you get one column, now you want two. You publish one book, you want two. So and I uh-huh. think, you know, after you know, we just scratch the surface here and uh have about uh you know a couple minutes left here so we're running out of time i'm gonna bring you back you're coming back i would love to come back all right i love your energy and uh this is this is a fun niche plumbers and lawyers sell their services via the wizard of time there's a lot we have a lot in common how do people get in but until the next show what people want to learn about your books and 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 whatnot and different things that you do tell people how they can find out more about you so that they can help themselves I would recommend you go to weekendbizplan.com weekendbizplan.com from there you can also link through to my website but on that page you can uh check out the weekend biz plan where I tell you here put together a business plan in a weekend here's the supplies you're going to need here's some good ideas for food to eat and here's what I want you to do every hour because <laughs> that plan is rocking and rolling by Sunday afternoon it's a fun little book and it may be of service to you it's absolutely an appropriate approach for a uh, a lawyer establishing their their own practice so i think I, that'd be a great place to start weekendbizplan.com yep. All right, and um, I want to thank all of our listeners out there. We're going to bring Ellen back because uh, I can tell that she and I are, you were going to get along well. <laughs> I know you're you're uh, you're my soul brother. <laughs> nice. I'll have to come come visit. I know that in um, you're in Missouri, and I know they've got good wineries down there. I had a friend who went to chiropractic school do. out there. Yeah. So. And I love Chicago. Best food ever. All right. Well, corner. you know. Exactly. So uh, we'll stay in touch, and I'll call. I'll, I'll be in touch after uh, the show, maybe in the next few days or so. But I want to also awesome. thank all of our guests out there uh, for uh, tuning in loyally. Thank you also for sharing our program. Again, get cl- get more clients and grow your practice is the uh, the uh, presentation series that Jim Thompson and I are putting together. So get more clients, grow your practice, take a look for it, and uh, we will be back next week Tuesday with uh, Law Talk Radio, and um, and we'll hear again from Ellen soon. Ellen, again, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Nick. It was a blast. All right, great. Love, love. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.